Hello and welcome to the DC Wash Up. It is... I don't know what episode this is. <laughs> episode four for this year, I think. Jeez, it feels like a no lifetime. Idea. Too many. But excitingly, we have the full squad here with us today. I'm producer Roscoe Whalen. We have Bureau Chief Zoe Daniel. Greetings. North America correspondent Stephanie March. Hello. And North America correspondent Connor Duffy. Hey there. When was the last time we all did this together, guys? <laughs> I feel like maybe not even ever, but really? must have been, surely. I think there has been one or two rare collector's editions. I'm not sure what it says, but we're sitting here half in the dark doing this podcast <laughs> at six o'clock after making a pact three weeks ago that we would do it at 11 a.m. every Thursday. Thanks, Steph, for the bit of the cue on the lights. Might there be much. Yeah. Right, now we have lights. We can get into the, the sounds and the topics for today. Um, we're going to talk about the stock market, we're going to talk about more chaos in the White House, and we're going to talk about big, great, grand parades. First, we're going to go back to a very infamous now photo of some of the new breed of White House advisor uh, that came in. This photo was from, what, early in the early in the administration, very early on, first couple of months, weeks, and it contains some of the most unlikely characters who then became some of the most well-known characters of the Trump White House, and finally they are all gone. Can we name all five in the photo, Zoe? It's the Brat Pack. The Brat <laughs> Corey Lewandowski. Yes. Ding. Dom. Omarosa. Ding. My boy, Anthony Scaramucci. <laughs> Ding and a shout-out. <laughs> Do you want to go again? Sebastian Gorka. Ding. The spicy in it. Oh. Last one. So we've got Gorka, oh, yeah, Gorka. Amorosa, yep. Scaramucci, oh, Corey Lewandowski. Buddy, Porter. Yes. Rob and Porter. <laughs> the man of the hour. Yes, and that's what brings us back to this somewhat funny photo, but not so funny under the circumstances in which Rob Porter has left. Now, Rob Porter is the least known of that kind of brat pack, as Zoe has now dubbed them. Um, for those playing at home and looking at the photo, he's the tall guy at the back. Um who wants to explain, Connor, the situation sure. which led to Rob Porter leaving the White House and that photo? Yeah. And, um, yeah, it, it's an incredibly distressing, incredibly sad story. So Rob, po- Rob Porter is the staff secretary in the White House. We understand a big part of his job is um, working out what correspondence goes to the president's desk and ensuring an orderly flow of things. And he's worked quite closely with Donald Trump. And unlike everyone else in that photo had kept a pretty low profile and um, was very highly regarded in the White House. But news broke this week that he had assaulted two of his ex-wives who both went on record and gave very similar and very disturbing accounts of what he'd done. Um, Both of them said that the abuse started on their honeymoons um, and they laid out a pattern of emotional abuse leading to both of them leaving him and in one case seeking a protection order. Um, So... Uh, When the initial story broke, the White House um, said that they were very surprised that this wasn't the Rob Porter that they knew, and they initially defended him. Um, General John Kelly, the Chief of Staff, really went out on a limb and praised Rob Porter and um, said that he would keep his job. Um, More and more photos emerged, really distressing, horrible photos of um, black eyes and of the abuse that these women say that they suffered. Um, Just for the record, Rob Porter denies all the allegations, um, but... The on-the-record accounts and the weight of evidence became so strong that he had to go. Um, the White House has now accepted his resignation, though, um, from the press briefing that Deputy Press Secretary Raj Shah gave today, it still 
seems that many people in the White House are struggling to come to terms with this. They said that it's not the man that they knew and the person they'd worked with and um, explained some of their, um, I suppose, that their initial reaction of not really believing it and of sticking by him in the face of really horrible, distressing allegations. Zoe, there's an interesting question that was asked to Raj Shah today, which was, if it weren't for these reports that came out, would he still be working there today? To which Raj Shah said something to the effect of he offered his resignation and it was accepted. Do we think that uh, that uh, Rob Porter would have still been in the White House had it not been for these reports that had come out? Well, I think there's a timeline being built about what was known when, and it's already been speculated, for example, that John Kelly has known for some months about these allegations, although the White House has now qualified that, saying that he didn't know the extent of the allegations until yesterday. But apart from anything else, it's raised questions about, firstly, the vetting procedure for people who are working in the White House, and this is not the first time that this has been raised during the various chaos that has gone on over the last 12 months. Um, But secondly, uh, if you did know, why was he still there? So it's sort of a a twofold set of questions. You either didn't vet him properly, therefore you didn't know and you should have known, um, or you did vet him properly and you knew, but you didn't do anything about it until this came out publicly. So either way, that doesn't look great. Um, Also, it's a question of whether Rob Porter went voluntarily or was told to go. Uh, And again, the White House seems to be quite wobbly on that. Uh, The White House press secretary initially telling a journalist yesterday uh, that he had made the decision to go, that he was not under pressure to go, uh, but now today intimating that he was told to go because his behaviour that's alleged was unacceptable. So there's all sorts of layers to that. But the other thing about it is that, you know, in the context of uh, criticism of Donald Trump's attitudes towards women, uh, this is uh, raises further questions for those critics about uh, what this particular White House finds acceptable. And again, that goes to those timelines that I mentioned. And and the downfall of Corey Lewandowski, who is also in that photo we talked about, was also because he manhandled a reporter at a campaign event and it was caught on camera, which kind of goes to this point as well, because it wasn't until we saw the photos that this really came to the point. Where and he's subsequently been accused of sexually assaulting a, um, a... Corey Lewandowski? Yeah, of sexually assaulting a... Um, Trump supporter who's also a singer who was at a charity event and says that he touched her on her rear. So, yeah. it's Yeah, and the other level of intrigue in this is that um, Rob Porter had recently been outed as dating Hope Hicks, the Director of Communications at the White House, and during that briefing, Raj Shah mentioned that Hope Hicks had been excused from the considerations about Rob Porter's future. So um, very, very unorthodox, um, complicated working environment. Yes, and and just to add regarding Hope Hicks, that it, the initial statement that was put out by the White House on this um, was in part drafted by her, reportedly, um, which again goes to potential conflicts of interest and all sorts of um, sort of murkiness in relation to the way this has been handled. And there's been a lot of pressure as well on General John Kelly about what he knew and whether he should actually step down. Uh, Is this opportunistic by Democrats, do you think, or do you think there's genuine reasons for which he should step down? Um, Well, I don't know, because I think we need to get to the bottom of when, what he knew when. At the very least, it appears to have been not particularly smart 
to go out and strongly defend someone when you didn't know all the facts. So there's some poor judgment there. Um, unusually for John Kelly, who's known for good judgment, and I think we could all agree that the sort of sense of chaos in the White House has um, calmed down somewhat since he's been there. Um, but it might not necessarily be only an excuse for Democrats. And there's been talk of late that Donald Trump's a bit over being ordered around by John Kelly as well. So <laughs> if he's looking for an excuse, here it is. It was a bit of a sloppy week by the general as well because he was caught in that other interview talking about DACA recipients and yeah. describing them as lazy or too lazy um, to get off their asses and apply to be under the DACA program, which is why the numbers between those who are registered um, versus the numbers that Donald Trump suggests should be protected under some sort of dark legislation. So, strange week for General Kelly. Definitely, and he's always too under threat from the forces in the Trump administration that want their unfettered access to the president back and don't like the streamlined, uh, less chaotic um, rigour that he's brought to the office. I do wonder, though, whether, like, obviously reports coming out of the White House are that it's a lot more organised and that fewer people have access to the president, whereas it used to be an entourage of, what, half a dozen people in the Oval Office at all times, but now they have to go through John Kelly. But really, I wonder, do you guys think the actual, in terms of the chaos inside, has it affected the chaos outside? Because it feels like it's just as chaotic. I mean, he still tweets, um, stuff like this still happens. It just sort of feels like it is, there's, there's nothing, it hasn't made that much of a difference. I, I think we're just used to it. <laughs> <laughs> well, they always said it's that the new normal. General Kelly wasn't, you know, a, a political wonk as such, but he seems to be in a bit more of an ideologue in some sense with some of the policy issues. Mm. And he's pretty straight down the line. I mean, it was speculated that he was the one that, Cut, will ruin the deal between Chuck Schumer and Donald Trump before the, the shutdown. Um, so, you know, I, I don't know, Steph. It's a good question. But you, we, you did point out, I think, last week, Roscoe, that um, Donald Trump's tweeting has actually decreased and there was a period, I think it was a week or so ago, where he didn't tweet for X number of hours. And yeah. that was, was the that first... the stock market was sliding down? Yeah. <laughs> it was the first time in, you know, many months that we had had that bigger gap between tweets. Yeah. Um, just on the darker thing, and it's a complete aside, but in relation to John Kelly's um, view that in part it's laziness that people haven't registered. It does cost money to make an application and you need to go to a legal service and pay a fee in order to either apply for status or extend your status. And some of these people, presumably, uh, who up until the time that they applied for to be a DACA recipient are working under the radar in illegal jobs may not have that few hundred dollars to actually make that application. So that's just a little red herring in that whole conversation. Now, Steph uh, previewed our next topic, which is the the Dow down. The Dow is going down. And this is where I want to bring in the former business reporter who has come back. <laughs> who just making rolled her eyes at you like I've never seen. <laughs> I told everyone on the desk in Sydney this week, so they all said, oh, geez, I really understand what's happening with the stock market now. I was like, well, you do know Zoe used to be a business reporter. I didn't know that. Back in the day. Yeah. But I, was, I had been hoping to keep that under my hat. <laughs> oh, yes. That is now well and truly out. Breaking news on the podcast. Is that just a bid to cover Wall Street whenever there's mm. fluctuations from here on into yeah. the rest of the time? According to you. Yeah, <laughs> yeah was it that much fun, Zoe? 
Victoria looked nice and warm up there in New York on Tuesday. It, it, it was all good fun. It's always good to go up to New York and be at the New York Stock Exchange, you know, an iconic global financial destination, but it was absolutely bitterly cold. Um, I could not feel my feet by the end of that day. There's no doubt about that. Um, so, Zoe, yes, besides that, can you give your best explanation about what has happened with the stock market and why over the past week? Well, there's various theories being put about, but one of the dominant reasons probably is that there's some very strong economic data coming out of the US right now. Uh, unemployment is at record lows or 17-year lows. Uh, we just heard today that the number of people seeking new unemployment benefits is at a 45-year low Um we're virtually at full employment here. What that means is that employers are struggling to hold on to staff. Uh, the power is in the hand of the employee. They can move around. They have mobility. That then puts pressure on employers to increase wages to keep good people. Um, and the potential in that is that that then sends the prices of things up because people can afford to spend money on stuff. And that has the potential to push inflation up and therefore the Federal Reserve may increase interest rates to put just a little bit of a break on the economy. The market had already factored in three interest rate increases this year, so up to a, a level of 2.25%. But that strong economic situation is lending weight to the view that interest rates could hit 3% this year. That's something that the stock market doesn't like because what that means is that business won't go out and borrow as much money because interest rates are higher. Therefore, business expansion will contract um, and that then contracts the stock market. It's a fairly simple uh, sort of theory around what's going on. Um, and you had Janet Yellen, the outgoing head of the Federal Reserve say last week, well, this is a situation we're in. We might see rates go up faster than expected. And then on Friday, you saw the market start to go down and it continued on Monday after some strong job numbers that came out on Friday as well. I'm glad you mentioned Janet Yellen because obviously the new Fed chair, Jerome Powell, came into the job on Monday. And I think I heard someone describe it as he's still trying to find his way to the men's room <laughs> and he's now dealing with the worst... Maybe you Conditions should try and find the... his way to the trading floor first. <laughs> Can you imagine first day on the job, suddenly you have the biggest single day drop in the stock market in history in real terms. That said, he has been on the Board of, Go board of Governors of the Federal Reserve since 2012, so he's not exactly a newbie. Probably does know where the bathroom uh, is then. Yeah, and probably, <laughs> I mean, it, it, it's expected that he'll have a similar approach to Janet Yellen. Uh, she, though, was loved by the stock market. She was described as the fairy godmother of the stock market because she was very reluctant to raise interest rates um, and it was kind of described as her spreading fairy dust on the stock market throughout her tenure. So he is, you know, a different personality. So that's just another element of the uncertainty that, that's played into this, along with one of the other theories, which was that um, there's this weird thing called the VIX index, which is basically a risk index, and it jumped very quickly during that sell-off on Friday and Monday. And that then triggers uh, automatic 
or computerized trading. So there was a theory that the scale of the sell-off might have been greater because the computer algorithms kicked in and sort of went, sell, 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 and then everything the went, whoa. <laughs> the machines um, will ruin the yeah. world. Yeah. Sure. But, you know, you've got to couch all this in the um, sort of context that the market's risen 33% since Donald Trump was elected. And, you know... In January, it was at a very high level. A lot of that's froth. The market was overvalued. Last year, 2017, was ridiculously stable in terms of the stock market. It couldn't stay that way forever. Uh, it's just a case of sort of where the floor is because a lot of it, it, it's something that feeds on itself. The more people that sell, the more people sell. The more people that buy, the more people buy. And that's just how the stock market tends to work. So I think they said it's at the same levels that it was at. November last year or Thanksgiving period. So is this now officially a correction of the stock market? Yeah, so as of today, it's down 10%. That's the Dow Jones and the S&P 500. And that's what traders refer to as an official correction. But it's only down 10% off that level that it was at on January 26. So it's still, you know, 23% up on this time last year. And again, those economic fundamentals are, are strong. The you know, employment situation is good. Economic growth is is solid. Um, it's just those inflation fears, particularly with Donald Trump's tax cuts. So therefore, more cash will be flowing in to the economy from that. All of those things have combined to create what's happened this week. But we what did we learn? What did we learn? The stock market's not the, the economy. economy. There you go. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> But what we haven't heard from or until yesterday was the president himself, who has long touted the stock market's success as basically his own. Connor, um, it wasn't until yesterday we heard from the president, and when we did, it was a little bit weird. It was, yeah. <laughs> it was very strange. I, was, I had to reread that several times and still <laughs> I don't know, couldn't I really don't understand it. Yeah, <laughs> couldn't really work it out. I think, Roscoe, your theory is the best that I've heard, that... The president tweeted that in the old days, when there was good news, the stock market went up. Now, when there's good news, the stock market goes down. Big mistake. <laughs> <laughs> but I was like, mistake by who? Yeah, it's, yeah. it's exactly. like an ancient proverb or something, or like yeah, a piece of or poetry. Sort of like an elderly uncle just railing or against eternity. <laughs> um, yeah, it was odd. But so we, we think that he was talking about the fact that there was some very good news released about the economy on Friday regarding employment and that um, people were very worried about inflation and interest rate rises, so that triggered it. But it was a very strange, opaque kind of response for someone who's been so clear in taking the credit. Hmm. Okay, one of the topics I want to talk about today is uh, the military parade that we may or may not see sometime this year rolling down Pennsylvania Avenue at the request of the president. Um, does anyone want to explain where Donald got the idea for this grand parade from? Does anyone remember? It's Paris, wasn't it? Yeah, that's it was Macron. right. After Bastille Day. Who knew he was yeah. a Francophile? <laughs> exactly. But do you remember at the time he was he said that in the joint press conference? He was like, oh, I saw that and I think we've got to go home and have one and everyone's rolling around the floor in laughter. 
Don't laugh. Well, that's the thing, because Donald Trump says a lot of things all the time, things that he would like. But this was confirmed this week that he had actually, in fact, the Pentagon had taken it as an order that he would like to have a military parade. Imagine just as an aside, if someone (laughs) wrote the kind of choose your own adventure book of if everything Donald Trump said was taken seriously. Yeah. That would be good. Uh, And it was interesting the way the Washington Post described it, because they said, you know, Donald Trump said he would like to have it. And we took that as an order. So now we're looking into this military parade. And Donald Trump also said to Macron repeatedly how much he enjoyed it. And he said, now we have to have one better than you, apparently, when they met again later. Um, so was this the time when they had that really long handshake? Yeah. That, so that it's was the, the same, same day. day. Yeah. yeah. I hope that when we have ours, he can Mine's have... bigger than yours. Yeah, yeah basically. Uh, was it Muriel Bowser, the DC mayor, who said tanks but no tanks? <laughs> <laughs> Someone said it, and that's awesome. Because she made the point, I heard her yesterday making the point that, you know, you have a military parade at the end of a war, and that was sort of the last time that they had one. And as far as we can tell, there hasn't been an end to any wars of late. So no. how he'll try and spin it and justify it will be interesting, I think. One of the justifications of the DC City Council was that it would wreck the roads. Oh, that's a good point. <laughs> no, the roads are not great. <laughs> the roads yeah. are really rubbish. Yeah. Would you guys like to see it though? I mean, I would. I think it would be quite fascinating. But I would like to see it. Yeah. I'd like to see Just it for but, fun. Yeah, you know, exactly. Not for war. But I think. No. Do you think it would make it would be aggress- seen as aggressive? Like, would Kim Jong Un be sitting there stewing and see it as a aggressive yes. posturing? Yeah, yeah. I mean, mm-hmm. that's and that's kind of the argument against it is the the countries that we see this from uh, autocratic or you know Kim Jong Un or whatever it may be. And then secondly, the sheer cost of moving all that infrastructure to DC just to roll a tank down a street so Donald can sit there and, I don't know, look at it fondly. I wonder if he'd get in one. Like, remember how he got in the truck and he loved the truck? <laughs> like Dukakis? Was it Dukakis that ruined his yeah. campaign for getting yep. in the tank? Yep. Yeah. Oh, that's Looking right. Terrible. Yeah. Maybe not. <laughs> okay, one last thing. going Coming full circle back to the, the photo is um, Amorosa, who I'm, left... I'm so glad he got back to yeah. this. I thought we'd forgotten. No, I, I <laughs> could not forget. It's been the highlight of the Moment week. Of the week. Thank you, Connor Duffy, for yeah. pointing this one out to us. So Amorosa leaving one reality show for another quickest um, time from being in the White House, I think, to being on a reality TV show. She is now on <laughs> Celebrity Big Brother. And in a very emotional moment, she mm. opened up about what life is like working inside the Trump White House. Like, I was haunted by tweets every single day. Like, what is he going to tweet next? Does anybody say to him, what are you doing? I mean, I tried to be that person, and then all of the people around him attacked me. It was like, keep her away. Don't give her access. Should we be worried? Uh, Don't say that. Because we are worried, but I need you to say, no, it's going to be okay. Okay, no, it's going to not be okay. And I think we can all, you know, agree with her about the tweets, definitely, that um, <laughs> waiting to see what's the next incoming thing really is quite stressful. Um, <laughs> the whole thing was so funny. <laughs> yeah. It's yeah. just with the, the tone at the end. The, it's not going to be okay. On the, on the couch with, with a blanket yeah. wearing a pair of slippers. Yeah. <laughs> oh, I just haven't seen a scene of Big Brother for 15 years and it just brought back childhood memories. Of I watching... didn't even know they still made it. Oh, they do here. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and also, so shout out to Raj Shah yes. for the sickest burn so, so far from the White House, yep. a White House press secretary that Please. she was fired three times from The Apprentice and she's now been shown the door four times this time from the White House. <laughs> <laughs> Very good. I think that's all we have time for this week. I see CNN is now running a shutdown countdown, which is five hours and 52 minutes and 15 seconds away. So let's go home and we might see you guys all back here at midnight. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks for listening, guys.